Hollywood Romances. Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Written and narrated by Brad Carty. Countless magazine articles and even a book have been written about Elizabeth Taylor's love of jewelry, particularly diamonds. Burton, and later singer Michael Jackson, did their best to feed her addiction. For a time, the couple competed with Aristotle Onassis. Every time the press reported that the Greek tycoon had given his wife, the aforementioned Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, some spectacular jewel, Burton would go out and buy something even more expensive for Elizabeth. One of his two most celebrated gifts to his wife was the Krupp Diamond, previously owned by the German industrialist, which was mounted into a ring and renamed the Elizabeth Taylor Diamond. Burton bought it in 1968 at auction for $305,000, until then the highest price ever paid at auction for a diamond ring. It would later fetch $8.8 million when a Korean retail magnate bought it from Taylor's estate in 2011. Richard outdid himself a year later when he paid over $1 million to buy a 69-carat diamond that Elizabeth wore as a necklace. Conveniently, it hid the tracheotomy scar she'd received during one of her many illnesses. When Taylor sold the diamond in 1979 for many times its original cost, she donated some of the profits towards building a hospital in Botswana. After her death, 80 of her favorite jewels, including the Krupp diamond, were sold at auction for $116 million. All of the money was donated to Taylor's various philanthropies. Privately, the relationship between the world-famous jet-setting couple was stormy. Elizabeth was beginning to emulate Richard's alcoholism and there were many fights that began with screaming and ended with smashed objects. Taylor compared her husband's angry outbursts to a small atom bomb going off. In fact, at the luxury hotels they stayed in, they would pay to keep the suites above and below theirs empty of guests so that no one could eavesdrop on their very vocal fights. Perhaps fearing that his reputation as a great actor was being eclipsed by his very public private life, Burton steered himself and his wife into art projects like Goethe's Dr. Faustus, Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew, and Dylan Thomas's Under Milkwood, all of which lost money and were ridiculed by critics. Mixed in with these prestige projects were far junkier fare such as the comedian's Boom, and Hammersmith is out, all of which commanded the high salaries their lifestyle now required. At one point, Laurence Olivier asked Burton, Do you want to be a great actor or a household name? Burton replied, Both. After ten years of excessive drinking, extramarital affairs, and emotional and physical battles, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton divorced in 1974. A year later, they remarried, only to divorce again a year after that. Now in her 40s, Elizabeth found far fewer starring roles available in the new youth culture-obsessed Hollywood. Burton took work in films like The Exorcist Part II, but also returned to the stage in a sold-out run of Equus, which he repeated for the film version, earning an Oscar nomination in the process. 
Despite six nominations over his career, Burton never won an Academy Award. He married a model, Susie Miller, but they divorced after six years. Elizabeth Taylor met and married a Virginia politician named John Warner in 1976, a few months after her second divorce from Burton. Warner was elected a United States senator in 1979, and Elizabeth found herself living the life of a political wife in Washington, D.C. Bored, she challenged herself to star on the stage in a revival of Lillian Hellman's The Little Foxes. It had a sold-out, six-month run on Broadway, and the critics were generally kind. Taylor and Warner divorced in 1982. By this time, she'd become dependent on alcohol and pills and checked herself into rehab. She was one of the first celebrities to publicly do so and is credited with removing a lot of the stigma of addiction, which encouraged others to also get treated. Elizabeth also began working to raise awareness and money to fight the then-new disease HIV. Her old friend and co-star Rock Hudson had died of AIDS, and Taylor spent the rest of her life fundraising to cure the disease. In the early 1980s, Burton and Taylor reunited for a Broadway run of Noel Coward's Private Lives. The critics were vicious, but the never-ending fascination with the couple resulted in standing-room-only audiences. Burton, however, was very frail. In addition to drinking up to three bottles of vodka and smoking up to 100 cigarettes per day for most of his adult life, he had developed kidney disease and was limping in his later years, although he was only in his 50s. He died at the age of 58 in 1984, making a fifth wife a widow a year after their marriage. His second and third wife, Elizabeth, acted less and less as time went on, appearing mostly in television movies, including one with her former romantic rival, Debbie Reynolds, with whom she had renewed their friendship. In addition to her AIDS fundraising, Taylor began endorsing jewelry and perfume. These later business enterprises made her more money than all of her years of acting had. In 1991, she married a construction worker named Larry Fortensky, whom she had met three years earlier while in rehab. They were married at her friend Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. She sold photos of the wedding to a magazine for $1 million and gave the money to her AIDS foundation. The couple divorced in 1996, thus ending her run as a woman with seven husbands and eight marriages behind her. In her final years, poor health confined Elizabeth Taylor to a wheelchair, but she still made public appearances to promote her charitable causes. Elizabeth died from heart failure in 2011. Per her instructions, the ceremony began 15 minutes after its scheduled time so that she could be late even to her own funeral. She left jewels to Debbie Reynolds and nearly a million dollars to Larry Fortensky, 15 years after their divorce. The story of Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton is one of two talented actors who became overshadowed by their fame when they became the stars of the Liz and Dick show. Ironically, no one who knew them ever called them that.
They were always referred to by friends and each other by their full first names. Their extraordinary notoriety led to massive wealth, but also a public ridicule that strained their marriage and damaged their artistic reputations, particularly in Burton's case. How much of the substance abuse and domestic discord resulted from the fishbowl they were living in, we can only guess. How much they loved each other throughout it all is no mystery. In Taylor's case, she found in Burton a man who would stand up to her, not just defer to her beauty. As Elizabeth said near the end of her life, quote, After Richard, the men in my life were just there to hold the coat, to open the door. All the men after Richard were just company. I don't want to be that much in love ever again. I gave everything away, my soul, my being, my everything. Hollywood Romances Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton Written and narrated by Brad Carty.